there's no such thing as a one-hit wonder. You know, you do something and you get a huge following or something kind of surges up. I feel like I've built these deep-rooted relationships with online and offline people for many years. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Fantastic. Hello, and we are back for another amazing and exciting episode of The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou, along here with my amazing co-host, Michael Palmer. Say hello to the folks, Michael. Hello, hello, hello. And we have an incredible and exciting episode planned for you today. We have here somebody who I consider to be a personal friend, someone who has been a teacher and a mentor to me in the area of health and well-being, someone I've done some work with, somebody that I really, truly, and absolutely love and adore and is fabulous and fantastic. I'm speaking of none other than the legendary, the incredible, the epic wellness, health, and well-being thought leader, Marnie Wasserman. Marnie, it's amazing to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Let me just say a little bit about Marnie. Marnie is a true leader in the field of health and well-being and nutrition. She's actually a best-selling author of two For Dummies books. She's written Fermentation for Dummies and Plant-Based Diet for Dummies. She runs a cooking school here in Toronto where she teaches plant-based cooking. She's got a whole phenomenal online community of tens of thousands of followers and people. And she has all these incredible recipes and ideas that she has all around plant-based eating and being your healthiest and best self. And it's a real honor to have you here, Marnie. Could you just, for the benefit of our listener, just give us an overview uh, and the backstory of how you got involved in your field and how you've come to be a thought leader and specifically put as much into it from the perspective of how you built up your expertise and being known and uh, for what you do. All right. Well, the story starts with a love for food. I've always been someone who grew up loving food, whatever that meant and whatever food that was growing up throughout the years. And that very quickly developed into a passion for health. And I became a personal trainer. I went into kinesiology and this opened up a lot of doors for me into the realm of nutrition. And I realized a big gap was there between what I was practicing and what I believed for myself at home. So when I started to kind of see all the loopholes in terms of nutrition from a very sports realm and a, a dietetic approach, I did one year at, uh, at Ryerson and dietetics as well. This really pushed me into the direction of holistic nutrition. And I was very lucky to go to the Institute of Holistic Nutrition here in Toronto and followed that with the Natural Gourmet Culinary School. And this just really paved the way for my value system in, in whole nutrition. And it just made a whole lot of sense to me. And that really started to seal the deal that I wanted to teach cooking classes. Like I, I loved learning about nutrition. I loved, I loved making food. I loved eating food, but teaching people is really where I felt 
was my, was my calling and something I needed to do. So I started cooking classes almost 10 years ago in my parents' kitchen. I was very fortunate to be able to use, use their space as, as my platform to start my business. And I started doing cooking classes. I just started teaching what I loved to make. And what I was, after coming back from culinary school, I had all kinds of new ideas. I'd been doing recipe testing and I started creating individual cooking classes on a bi-weekly basis. And that that's the start of, of where I am now. And a couple years later, let's fast forward six years, I opened up my food studio. As you mentioned in the beginning, I have a food studio in Toronto where I teach my cooking classes. And that's been a wonderful place for me to, to showcase what I do, bring in people from the community and ultimately just teach people about natural whole foods and get people equipped with the essentials to make clean eating a part of their everyday life. And I'm very fortunate to be able to do that on in person and online. So now I'm doing a lot online as well too, where I offer online cooking classes. And I also have a health podcast as well with my partner, Jesse. And that is a whole other realm that we get to communicate the message of health, nutrition, fitness, yoga, mindset, everything. And it's, it's great. Everything I've done all the way through the years has just uh, been a huge part of who I am and who I am in my everyday life. And I get to speak that to people and, and hopefully inspire lots of people as well, too. Well, you've absolutely been an inspiration to me and to my lovely better half. We love what you're all about. We love the message that you put out there. But you know, not everybody who gets to go to culinary school gets to be a thought leader, gets to write two best-selling for dummies books, gets to have a massive online community of people who are just raving fans of you and your work. Tell us a little bit about how you managed to create all that for yourself and establish yourself as a preeminent thought leader in this whole world of plant-based cooking? Well, when I first started my business and I, I stayed pretty low key by keeping the classes at my parents' house. But when I decided to get into the community, which is really what opened the doors and decided to be at my first trade show, I think that's when the ball got rolling. And that's where I started to make connections, meet different businesses, meet different people, attract more clients. And once I had the opportunity to meet certain people who then asked me to come and speak at, you know, a certain venue, then the word starts to get around. So word of mouth in the initial stages is what really kind of got my name out there and got me into a lot of different places, a lot of different communities, whether it was people who were healing, whether it was just a cooking demo, whether it was food focused, there were so many different areas that I got a chance to explore early on. And then at the time when I started my business too, social media was not as big. So it wasn't about Instagram, Facebook. It was my blog, um, which when I look back at some of my old posts, they're, they're pretty hilarious because they're just like little diaries or journal entries. They're so amateur. <laughs> but that, that also provided me a bit of a platform to get my message out there in the online space. And that's what landed me ultimately my book deal because Chatelaine had picked up on a couple of articles I was writing about fermentation and health. And that's where my book deal from Wiley came from. They had read that Chatelaine article and that sealed that. So that was great. So once I got the book published, obviously that carried things forward even more. But the speaking engagements kept picking up over the years. And the more I got into the community and the more I aligned myself with different brands and different businesses that I valued and they valued me, that also really helped. So there was a lot of organic grassroots infrastructure to what I've been doing. I, I never really paid for a lot of advertising or um, 
I tried different things that involved a lot of money up front. I was very lucky to have it organically evolve over the years. That's fantastic. And t- talk a little bit about how the book deal that you got and having the book out there has helped you and spread your message and your influence and grow your business even further. Okay, so when when I got the initial offer for the book deal for Fermenting for Dummies, I was excited and scared all at the same time, uh, being a topic that I was very passionate about, but I wouldn't have considered it my area of expertise at the time. And so what that did is it kind of pushed me forward to take advantage of this opportunity and dig deep. And once that book was published and out, it was great and it got a great response. However, I didn't put as much emphasis and effort into that book At the same time, I was opening up my studio. So all my energy went into that. At that same time, I was going through a transformation in my personal life. So that book kind of took the backseat for a little bit. But then I got the lucky opportunity to write Plant-Based Diet for Dummies, which was my second book, which is more within my realm of expertise. And it was a book that I didn't have to really research about. It was something I just needed to sit and write. And they had very short deadlines at, uh, at Wiley. <laughs> so I got that book done pretty quickly. And when that came out, there was quite a bit of, uh, of push and media and press around it, which was great. And I was able to use that as a vehicle for a lot of what I was doing inside the studio. If I was working with people, it was a book I was giving to people to walk home with after a, after a consultation. And when I was doing a lot of talks and events, my, my book was there. And I was lucky to go on a bit of a book tour as well too, which just allowed myself and the book to get a lot of exposure all over Ontario. And I did do a little bit in the States as well too. Wow. I, I really like the the story, Marnie. And what I love is, and what I think a lot of the listeners will, will be able to get out of this is here you've created this awareness and exposure by putting yourself out there. And I think that's definitely the theme of all the thought leaders that we have on the show is keep putting yourself out there and, and uh, speaking what you love and what your expertise is around, but you've put yourself out there. And what that's done is it's helped drive traffic and people and customers to your bricks and mortar business as well, which is your your cooking studio. And and I'd like to hear a little bit more about that as to what you've seen, the spikes that you've seen and how you've seen all of this thought leadership that you've been putting out there, how that's driven uh, revenue and, and business inside of your bricks and mortar business, which is the, the, the cooking studio. Well, I really believe when you are truly of integrity and you live out your passion and and you're showing the world who you really are it just it makes for a really loyal following and you know i've never been someone who you know like there's no such thing as a one hit wonder you know you do something and you get a huge following or something kind of surges up i feel like i've built these deep rooted relationships with online and offline people for many years so i was very lucky that when i made that transition to open up the studio i already had the trust of so many people that already, some had already taken my classes, some maybe wanted to, and now it was more convenient and accessible. And maybe some people just followed me online and they're like, oh, cool, there's there's somewhere now that's more public that I can go and attend and meet her in person. So that that allowed, that really did physically and uh, and spiritually open the doors for more people to, to come to experience what I have to offer. And it's now been three years that I've been at the studio and it's, it's just such a wonderful place to be able to, to do what I do. However, I don't get the same reach that 
ultimately my goals are actually shifting right now that I'm looking to do a little bit more online. So it is limited in that capacity, but I do love the opportunity to get to meet so many people and work with them and transform their health and show them the way of, of healthy living and healthy eating. What kind of a spike did you get in terms of your revenues and sales from a percentage point of view and in the traffic that you received online when you were able to get the book out and get all the wonderful media attention you got along with it? Well, the spike, you know, I wouldn't say there was any specific spike. It's been more of a gradual process. And at the same time, opening up a brick and mortar isn't, isn't a cheap uh, endeavor. So, you know, there was a lot of money reinvested back into my business, even so plant-based diet came out, I think within a year after I opened up the studio and my book, you know, it's been a wonderful extra auxiliary point, shall I say, to, to my business. It's, it's an extra add-on, but I wouldn't say it's been a huge source of revenue for me. The main source of my revenue comes from the core of my business, which is the cooking classes. And the, the book certainly brought awareness, of course, to that when I got some media exposure because I was on breakfast television. I did a couple other segments here and there, a couple radio spots and all that, again, drew attention, which allowed the phone to ring, which allowed the emails to come in. And that did bring in a you know, a surge of business. So hard to give you a percentage, but uh, there was definitely, you know, the recognition certainly helped and and getting that media and press attention certainly helped. You know, it reminds me of uh, a book called Content Inc., which is written by Cho- Joe Paluzzi and great book for, for anyone to be listening to around content. But what he said is build your audience before you launch your business. And I, I hear that in your story as well, is that, you know, there's a lot of people who build bricks and mortar and, and uh, businesses and invest a heck of a lot of money into the, to, to those businesses and, and they're not successful. And so the difference here is that you built a, a big audience, you built relationships with people out there that really likely helped in your success as a, a bricks and mortar business. So I love that. And I, and I think it'll only get better as you start to build your online component and go after that larger market and have a following and an audience out there in the world that, you know, is really limitless. Uh, so I think it'll, it'll only come back and, and be really valuable for your business. Exactly. And, that, and that's my goal. No, it's a brilliant goal. And, and, you know, I've heard a lot of things in what you've been revealing to us and sharing with us. Number one is it's it's been uh, very powerful uh, for you because you've been doing this a while. You haven't quit. You've had that no-quit attitude. It's like it took you several years to become this overnight success, right, with, uh, with both your store and having the book out there. And I think that's really, really important. And a lot of listeners here start to think, man— they look at someone like you who's got a book deal and go, well, how can I get a book deal? Well, what they don't see is how long it took you to get the kind of reputation and build the kind of following online. I mean, I believe you've got tens of thousands of people who visit you and your online community on a weekly and monthly basis. And that's what it took for you to be able to get the book deal. And then the platform of the book deal is what helped you take that notoriety and get it out, get the awareness out and get your impact out to five times, maybe 10 times as many people. And then over time, that creates greater business results and revenues inside your main businesses. You got it. 
And you know what? It just comes from continuing to persevere and not being attached to an outcome. When I first started my business, I had no idea I was going to open up a food studio, no idea that I was going to get that book deal. I knew I did want a book deal early on. Um, For sure, I had ideas for recipes and all kinds of ideas. I just didn't know when, and I wasn't attached to that. So when you're not attached, it opens up the doors for possibility and things to come in. And I always say whenever I've done talks on brick and mortar, just how I developed my business, I'm always the first one to say I did not have a business plan. I did not know the roadmap. I did not know where I was going. It's all kind of happened really naturally and things have come come their way and in, in a very good way. And after realizing certain things, you know, you make good decisions, you make bad decisions, you figure things out along the way. A lot of my branding and strategy and social media all came from doing it. I don't have a background in business. I don't have a background in marketing or social media, any of that. It all came from doing and being in it, being surrounded by awesome people, mentors, hiring certain staff that may have taught me a lot. So it's it's something that's really opened up my eyes because I've learned so much from it. And, and now I can take that with me wherever I go. That's absolutely brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. So So Marnie, um, one of the things that I think people always want to understand from the perspective of the business of thought leadership and becoming known for something is how they build that uh, audience of followers, that audience of fans. What is it about what you do and how you do it that's gotten people so excited about, uh, you know, subscribing to your newsletters and buying your, your online programs and coming to your classes? How have you built that fan base? Well, I think food is a very easy entry point. (laughs) People like food. People want to learn about food. And people want to learn about healthy food that's simple, non-intimidating, and that people can actually recreate at home. So I think having always had that message, even though my philosophy has always been in the plant-based whole food realm, it really does cater to everyone. I do not limit myself to a certain community or certain labels, vegetarian, vegan. It's it's always been open-ended. Anyone is welcome. Anyone who eats any kind of diet that has the mission to eat healthier is welcome. And I think that's really landed with people. I've never carved myself into a hole, um, which I find that does limit certain people. And I think that's really been a huge part of the success of people following and, and always being accessible to the point, people knowing that I am who I am. I'm like, if you, if you meet me in person and you see me online, you're probably going to get the same thing. I'm, I'm a friendly, approachable person. And I find that when it comes to food or when people are, are reading a certain post and they can feel that, then they're attracted to that. So I think that's been a big part of it too, as I've gotten feedback on that. So that's always, that's always nice. And as I said, it started before social media started. So I can imagine for the newbie now who's maybe getting involved with all the different accounts and where to begin and how do you grow your, your Instagram and your Facebook, it's, it can be overwhelming. But I always say just, just keep who you are out there first and through whatever means and keep it really simple. Focus on, like I focused on my blog first, which wasn't even all that great, but that's where I put my focus first. And then all those other areas opened up and it allowed people to sign up for my newsletter, come to a class or email and ask me a question or whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, I I like the conversation around, you know, being congruent with what you're talking about and, and what 
and who you are. And that shows up for, for both Nikki and I and in, in, in this conversation with you. The other thing that I want to point out that I think really is valuable in what you've done, I think is impressive, is it's plant-based. The word plant-based. It's not just about food. It's not about being a vegetarian. It's plant-based. And having a narrow message, I think, helps people notice you in the crowd. And so a lot of people, I think, make the mistake of trying to talk about everything. You know, if it's food, it's like, well, I'm an expert in all foods. You've really narrowed into your passion, which is plant-based. And I think um, our listeners really need to think about that. Well, you know, what are your passions and where can you go and narrow it down so that you're being noticed in a, in a really noisy marketplace? How do you get noticed? Mm-hmm. No, it's, yeah. it's something that evolved. Even when I first started my business, it was, again, always focused on health and it wasn't exclusively plant-based classes in the beginning, although they were more focused that way. And as I evolved and my diet evolved and my philosophy evolved, it kind of got more narrowed down. And it actually kind of got to a point where it was very narrowed down. And now I'm kind of coming back out of it. So it's, 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 it's very interesting. And I really believe that too. And I think as vulnerable as you are with people, they're really going to tap into that and see your evolution, hopefully be on board with it. And plant-based has always been the core just because everyone can eat plant-based. Everyone can add more plants in. Everyone can le- learn how to prepare different greens and grains and beans and, and nuts and seeds or find alternative recipes or side dishes to their main meal. Or maybe that is their main meal if that's the focus of their diet. And, and leaving room for people to also just be themselves. And I've never believed in exclusive you know, diet trends. It's really about you and what feels good to your body and your health. But when it comes to cooking classes, it's a nice place to start and to have a business surrounded around the plant-based philosophy because it really does attract in people who want to just eat healthier. And it's, it's, it's not intimidating. And that's what I've always found from feedback and comments and people coming when I ask people, why are they here? They just want more ideas to give their kids, give their husband, give themselves. They, they're running out of ideas and they want something that's approachable and there are cooking classes in Toronto, but there's nothing like what I'm offering. And there's nothing as narrowed down as that. And uh, it's nice to be able to to share that and to have shared that over the previous years. Yeah, I think it's probably one of your pillars of success. If you And I think you, you're starting to see that is when you're, there's so many out and it's not just a few other people doing what you're doing. There's a lot of people doing what you're doing, but yet you've narrowed it down and you found that message and that, that, uh, that niche message that's enabling people to sort of go, hey, well, she's the one that I want to work with and, and I'm going to go and work with her, which is great. The other piece there that you said is, is awesome is, is evolution. And, you know, I struggle with myself, right? It's like, got to have it perfect every, every, you know, I'm trying to get something to be perfect and it's, it's never going to be perfect. It's just getting it out there. Nikki's great around just pushing, pushing both of us to just get more of ourselves out there and then evolve. And I bring it back to, I've been massive fan of lately of, documentaries on on the music industry and bands and they get out there they start singing a song and it's you know maybe their grassroots or their or their blues but eventually they evolve and find their own unique sound and that's all it takes as thought leaders is to get out there play your music in this consideration it's you know think your thoughts and communicate to the world and eventually you'll find your message if you don't know what your niche is today or your niche message is today just go out there with whatever message you have, even if it looks a little bit like somebody else's. Eventually, if you keep at it, it will evolve and you'll find that that little niche 
like Marnie's done, that that will be noticeable and that you can really get yourself behind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's a brilliant point that you just made, Michael. So, uh, Marnie, one of the things that I've always admired about you is that you keep um, your thinking fresh. One of our previous guests, uh, Chris Widener, on an interview we did before, had mentioned to us that as a thought leader, you got to keep thinking. Don't just regurgitate what other people have to say. Sit down and do your own original thinking on the subject. And it doesn't get much more original than being uh, the writer of two best-selling books in the For Dummies series. How do you go about coming up with your own original thinking uh, and keeping what you have fresh for the marketplace? Well, I think it really does come back to, you know, leading back to this conversation of evolution is keeping my mind open. And I think over the years, as I've figured out what works for my body and what works for my health and what makes me feel the best, I'm going to open my mind to different conversations and read different articles or open up a different YouTube video because of where my mind's at. So this is going to allow new information to come in and allow me to formulate my own opinions or thoughts around it. So then I can speak on it with with my twist, with my Marnie unique twist on it. And I've been very lucky over the last two years having so many incredible conversations, just as you guys are having now with your guests, with my guests on the Ultimate Health Podcast. And it has really formed so much of who I am right now. So many of the decisions I've made around my eating choices right now, my living choices, my lifestyle. And that's changed me significantly. Like over the next six months, I'm actually, you guys are catching me in the midst of a huge transformation of, of my life and where things are going from here. And it's, it's really changing my conversation, how I show up when I do talks, how I show up when I do events, even in my cooking classes right now, things are really changing. So my conversation is very fresh right now because I'm very real with people as I'm going through um, my, my transformations in business, in my personal life in my health and it's it's exciting and it's scary at the same time um, but it's it's really transforming who I am that's brilliant that's absolutely brilliant uh, you know what Marnie you have shared a ton of really amazing things for our listeners here and one of the things we like to do as we segue into wrapping up our conversations with our guests is we ask them to share with us three expert action steps. And these expert action steps are shared from the perspective of a listener who's a thought leader and is looking to become known for their expertise. So what I want you to share with people is what are your expert action steps for a thought leader listening to this podcast who is wanting to become known for their expertise? What can they do? What are the ninja moves that you have that can help them establish themselves and their authority in the marketplace bigger and better? Okay, well, the first thing is most definitely as cliche as it sounds, following your true passion. And that, it might change (laughs) and it might evolve um, as I just alluded to. But when you're just starting out, you've got to have one and, and follow that and really stick to that. Not what you think will make you money, not what you think will get you the most followers, but what you can actually see yourself waking up and doing and putting your full attention to. Another step is to form connections and community and network and and meet different like-minded or complementary businesses or different people who who get what you're about that you can learn from them they can learn from you and that's only going to help you 
through on so many levels, you know, could be through referrals, could be through um, amazing tips and strategies to get things started. So that is something that was super helpful for me and I definitely recommend it. And the third is don't be afraid to make mistakes. (laughs) Don't be afraid to not know the answer or not be able to make the right decision because you will make the wrong decision sometimes and you will learn from it and it will make you better and stronger. So don't, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Those are fantastic expert action steps, Marnie. And you know what? You're, you're very modest because one of the things that I think people can totally learn from is to engage with you and your website and your classes and your material uh, and your books. So if there's anything specifically that you want to talk about that our listeners can engage with you on, please go ahead and do that now. All right. Well, the thing I'm most excited about right now is I have just transformed a whole bunch of my cooking classes online and you can access those through my website, marniewassman.com and go to my online classes. So I have a series of brand new online classes and they are focused on different health topics. They're all plant-based, they're all gluten-free and they're easy to follow. So that's really easy to get. And my podcast, The Ultimate Health Podcast, I, I would love for you guys to go ahead and listen to that because we interview so many incredible experts from all over the world in the realm of health and fitness and nutrition and, and all that. And it's, it's amazing. So I would love for you guys to connect there, The Ultimate Health Podcast. And my name is found all over social media. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, come join me at Marnie Wasserman, M-A-R-N-I-W-A-S-S-E-R-M-A-N. Thank you so much, Marnie. And of course, listeners, the business of thoughtleadership.com is where you'll find all of our episodes. And as well with Marnie's episode, we're going to have all of her links and all of her social connections. So you'll be able to find all of that and connect with Marnie directly through through that avenue as well. Please, uh, on iTunes, review, let us know what you think, help us get the word out. We're, we're actually thanking our listeners and thanking those that give us reviews. If you go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com, uh, you'll notice up in the top tab there, free book. We're giving away a free book. There's no credit card necessary. We're going to ship it out to you. It's a real book. It's a, some really great books you can choose from. Leave us a review on iTunes, complete the form, and we'll ship that out to you and uh, and join our community. So thank you so much, Marnie. Thank you, the listeners, for listening to us. And we, we, uh, we really want your feedback to know what else we can bring you. Absolutely. And Marnie, as I said, as someone who just loves and adores you and the work that you do and the difference you make in the world, it, it's just been a real honor and a real treat to have you in on, on this episode. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Okay, Marnie. Till the next time, thank you so much for listening to another incredible episode of the Business of Thought Leadership. Arrivederci. Bye-bye, everybody. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening. 